Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, a far cry for help. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey everyone, just letting you know that next weekend we'll be back in Sydney performing at the Sydney Comedy Fest. We've been able to convince Zoe and Gabe that Sydney is a nice place not full of demon bin chickens that will steal your soul just as quick as it's still a chip out of your hands. We're on stage for two nights only, each night is a different show, so come on down and see our only shows in Sydney for 2017. Tickets are available for purchase from our website, just head to sanspantsradio.com slash live and we'll see your handsome faces there. And also, we've launched a brand new podcast, Movie Maintenance Presents, our first foray into radio dramas. The buggerlugs behind this podcast, unable to sit still, have gone and brought some of their screenplays to life in the form of monthly audio plays. The first being Gabe Springsteen biopic. So go have a listen to that as well as the interview with the cast, available now on iTunes and wherever all good podcasts are found. It's basically just iTunes, really. 
Welcome back to another episode of Movie Maintenance. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. I'm Handsome Tom. And this week we're asking, does three-act structure matter? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, done. All we're right. done. Done. Thanks for joining us. Okay, uh, on that note. Um. Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. It's a magic number. Somewhere in the ancient mystic trinity. Okay, yes. I, I think maybe to sort of maybe unpack the question better is what do you need three-act structure for? Like, do you need to adhere to it so much? Agreed. Not, not necessarily does it matter, but do you need it? You yeah. have to use it, I guess. Exactly. If you're a writer out there, and there are writers out there who are like, oh, I don't use it. Well, there's writers in here. So we're sort of uniquely placed to, I guess, talk about the way we approach are, it. Are you and- both writers? Oh, oh, oh this is this is kind of awkward. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm just a I'm a cartographer. I draw maps for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Your okay. maps would be garbage. Hey, my sense of direction is pretty good. Is it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, because basic three-act structure is essentially a beginning, middle, and end. Right. And yeah. Like every story that sort of happens to you in life has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. So we just naturally sort of go there. That well, doesn't mean you can't fuck with it, though, and put the middle at the end. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you get cool stories. That's, but that's get- the thing. Like the way we tell stories, you almost can't help but do it in three-act structure because we've, we've learned to do that since day one. It's like a safety net, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Um, should, we, should we quickly describe- what it is, like the, sure. the key elements yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. So three acts, like Sean said, beginning, middle, and end, act one, act two, act three. And the basic, the basic rundown is act one is your setup, act two is your confrontation, and act three is your resolution. So in act one, you're setting up your world, you're setting up your characters, you're setting up what their goal is. Yep. And then usually you have the inciting incident, which is something that kicks the whole story off. And then the end of act one, it's the character enters a new world. In the movie The Martian, he goes to Mars. He literally goes to a new world. Yeah. Or it can just be a new world where a loved one of theirs has died. Now yep. they're living in a world where that person doesn't exist anymore. Or even like something like uh, Lord of the Rings where Frodo starts in the Shire and then he sets off into the new world exactly. on the journey. The new Stop world yeah. is yeah. all the rest of Titanic, it. Jack wins that ticket onto the Titanic. He's in the new world. He's on yep. a boat. Spot Perfect. on. It's literally just taking them from where... It's, it's, literally, it's literally just taking them out of the status quo, which could be, like yeah. you said, and this is the thing is that a lot of these books you read or you hear things, people assume that they have to go on some kind of quest. Yeah. Right. It can literally be that their dad dies yeah. and mm. their new world now is a world that does not have their dad or they win $10,000 and the new world now is that they just have $10,000. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's just that yeah. change of circumstances essentially. Yeah, like, so like social network, yeah. it's mm. him getting dumped in the restaurant is the inciting incident because yeah. mm. his new world now is a world where he's – single and questioning who yeah. he is as a person mm. and that causes him to invent Facebook yeah, and absolutely. get sued by all his friends and be best friends with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> what a line. <laughs> Sorry, Damon. No, you're right, mate. Then, yeah, so after that that transition to the new world, we've got Act 2, which is typically the longest, and this is basically them going out to achieve a goal that has stemmed from the inciting incident. So Zuckerberg, he's been dumped. He's basically trying to, you know, get his self-esteem back really. Yeah. And we sort of have a rising escalation. We've sort of got try-fail cycles where the protagonist tries something, fails, tries something else, something yep. a bit more extreme and cycles onwards and upwards. In the middle of that, of the second act, we've got the midpoint, unsurprisingly middle of the film. The way I view this one is that it's, it's when the character achieves their initial want uh, and then has to deal with the consequences of that. So Zuckerberg, midpoint, Facebook has taken off. Yep, he's done yep. it. He's, he's undeniably cool yep. and popular. I like how he just jumped on this social network oh, train. <laughs> because it's, it's there. Like, that's yeah. the whole thing. Well, it's Sorkin. He just gets it. Like, oh, he's, he's a classic for it. Yeah. We mentioned James Cameron before. He, he, like, he, often his scripts don't 
you know, get heralded because the dialogue's a little shaky sometimes, if we can mm. be honest. Uh, yeah. But structurally- What are you talking about? Adaptanium is a perfectly logical <laughs> plot point. <laughs> but James Cameron really gets structure. Yeah. yeah and no that's why his film works. And that's why people people pay shitloads of money. And that's why crowd favourites, that's it. Because yeah. they hit every point. There's that internal weirdness in us that love that structure. Yeah. And when, when we're watching a film, sense. we want all those those plot points to be hit. It's that vague sense, isn't it, as an audience member where you watch it and you go, this is just working. Yeah. Like, yeah. And when something is off with the structure, sometimes that's you – know, you might not be able to understand what it yeah. is, but you kind of go, oh, maybe just didn't do it for me. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And the flip side of that, though, is obviously films that toy with structure, so they might have a nonlinear narrative, the yes. story's told in yeah. reverse, the story's told out of sequence, so there's yeah. a film – so the film called Mr. Nobody with Jared Leto in it, don't, don't, I hate Jared Leto, but the film's quite good. But what it does is it, it's very nonlinear. There yeah. is still, it is still working within three-act structure yeah. and you can tell that what they've done is they've started, it's, it's kind of polled at each end with a mm. key, key start and a key end. Right. But in the middle, they've kind of just taken all the bits and rearranged them. But if you put them in order, they're still running in, in a linear. I'm, trying to think if, I'm really trying to think of a film now that where, the, where the structure is just non-existent. To the point where you almost don't feel like you're watching me on. Mm. I get going, what's David Lynch done recently? <laughs> what's- Mulholland Drive's pretty out there in terms yeah, of structure. Okay. Mm. Yeah. But there's still beats of a three-act structure exactly. in there. Yeah. Well, that's that's the principle of of using it but then like tweaking it. Like once you exactly. know the rules and you can bend them yes. and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah but you got to know them first. Absolutely. You do, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah. finish this off. Sorry, Sorry Damon. No, you're right. Midpoint, yeah, we've achieved our goal. We've got to deal with the consequences of it. And the end of the second act is when we've got everything kind of goes to shit. It's that really point of the movie where everything's crap, everything's shit for the protagonist, and you're like, oh my God, how are they Unless get out it's this a one? tragedy, in which case, yes. this is the moment where everything seems to be going exactly. well. Everything's, oh, everything somehow worked out, but we've still got 20 minutes of the movie left. So <laughs> I if, wonder if, what's going if, <laughs> on. If you're watching a film and that happens, the film's either been written by Gabe yeah, yeah. Sure. or it's a tragedy. So you look at Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. They get together. Yeah. They're they're going to be together at the end of the third act. Exactly. Yeah. You know, West Side Story. They're gonna they have that that beautiful dream sequence together, mm-hmm. where it's we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna succeed, and then the rest of the third act carries on. And yeah. <laughs> Tragedy and oh boy, yes. <laughs> oh boy, were they wrong? Um. Yeah. So sorry again. No, I fair. think that should be the hashtag for the episode. Sorry, Damo. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> You're just too polite. Uh, <laughs> I've got to start talking over you more. Yeah. So yeah. End of the second act, everything's gone to shit, and then we have a glimmer of hope. Something for non-tragedies, this is. Um, something good happens or the character realises the thing they were meant to realise and all of a sudden they can they can solve the problem. On, on your second act turn where, where you have uh, a glimmer of hope as you talk about it, there's that quote, you're sitting in the gutter but you happen to notice the stars. Sure. Yeah, that's, the, that's the moment of hope. Yes. For, for any film, basically the end of act two, Something needs to happen where they're either not where they need to be by the end, whether that's a happy ending or a, or a tragic ending, and there is a hint of where that ending is supposed to be. Yeah. So for Romeo and Juliet, it's the hint that there's this like war brewing on still with all the families hating on the fact that they're together. Yeah. There's all those things that are still there in the background. So it's more like I'm sitting on uh, in a beautiful couch, but there's a spring digging into my back. What's yeah. happening? And then it all goes to shit. Yeah. 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 It's if you if you really want to talk about people who nail the shit out of structure, Pixar. So it's Hell the bit in yeah. up Undone. where he sits down, Carl gets to the the island, the South America where he wants yeah, to be on the yeah, mountains. Yeah. He sits down and he opens the book to reminisce about him and Ali and he turns the page and he realizes that he he's already done it and yeah. his actual the thing that matters most to him is back in that cave and I've yeah. I've got to go save them. And that's yeah. Well, isn't that the oh. beauty of like Pixar films with that 
beautiful structure is that often it's the thing that the character set out to get is not the thing they end up getting, but Absolutely. they realize that yes. what they get instead is what they needed. Exactly, you, you could yeah. you could apply this to every Pixar film, oh. and you could you could nail the moment yeah. where every character realizes. Uh, so for for Inside Out, it's the beat where Joy realizes that you actually need sadness to yeah. function. Yeah, beautiful moment. And yeah. she realizes that like I, I needed to use, I needed sadness all this time, and yeah. she gets out of that pit and she chases up sad. Like that's yeah. finding you know, Nemo. He, Marlin realizes that Nemo can do it on his own. Correct. And he has yeah. to let him do it. In fact, to succeed, and off he goes and saves saves the day. Saves Dory, Those yeah. films are structured within like an inch of their life. Yeah, oh, they're, Be- it's beautifully ridiculous. so. But then like they're a good example of. Yes, there's structure, but each movie is so unique and different from yeah. the other, but the same beats are always there. Yep. Because that's how it works. And like that's that's the argument people go, oh, but you know, you can't tell an interesting story by just following the same beat. If you literally put every single Pixar film back to back and boil down their plot points to just protagonist yep. and then yep. event and then resolution, they would be identical. They've been yes. doing it for like 15 years. It's and yeah. Disney are the same. Like oh, you, you're good storytellers. Either know the rules so well that when they tell it, you don't realize they're using the rules, or they know the rules so well that they can bend with them. They can yeah. change them. They can do pop fiction. Exactly. They can do yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you need structure. I find that I do when yeah. I write. I I approach it very meticulously and break it down quite a bit. So you're, yeah, you're I, a cue card, aren't you? I'm a cue mm. card man. I like having a, a big cork board oh. to um you and your cork to pin board. things up on. Can a bit you say like cork board again. Cork board. Ooh. A bit like. <laughs> A bit like a serial killer. I even get the string out <laughs> yeah. sometimes and start like connecting the dots. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your hobbies are for murdering people and writing just sometimes yeah. intersect. Sometimes it meshes. I don't particularly like you in your instruction mode because you get this gleam in your eye. <laughs> Psychotic. I've I've seen you when there have been no cue cards available. Oh yeah. Rule up and tear a cardboard box. Yeah, it was a mm. slab of Coopers. I think yeah, I yeah. Um, <laughs> I cut it up into cue cards. Cue cards to at use. the time. We were having like a writer's retreat thing. Yeah, yeah, and at yeah. the time, there wasn't a shop open that had like right. cue cards that I needed. That's a real survival man kind of tactic yeah, there. Yeah, so, you know, Gabe drank a lot of beer and I was able to profit from that and use the cardboard <laughs> from that. Yeah, the big rules of uh, structure. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta, Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It didn't work on that particular story. <laughs> <laughs> it did, did. I can't remember which one it was, but no, mm. I, I like to use cue cards, and I, I I guess I like to sort of visually map out what the story is and, mm. the key and beats where and each stuff. character is sitting throughout the acts and that sort of thing. But I mean, yeah, there are obviously different approaches, yeah, to structure. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've I, got a different one, Tom. <laughs> well, surprising. No one in this room. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit more slapdash. What? Oh, oh, Thomas oh. Reed. I, oh, what do we do? Um, I even have key beats in my head, right? I right. know that I need to land at this moment, at some point in the story. It yep. needs to end here. Therefore, I need to include this. But really, and this is something that I've only just started doing recently. I used to just kind of dive in and then get angry with myself, is that recently I've just been diving in and just just finish it, get to the end, because yeah. a lot of it is bullshit. Yep. And then you can go back and you can fix it later. But I do what you do, but without the cue yep. cards, I just kind of go, right, I know that I need this to happen, this to happen, and this to happen. And I know I usually have in my head a very clear idea of possibly an end beat. Yeah. Um, the, the final scene, I have that clear in my head. So I just go, right, how do I get there? And then right. I just kind of muddle my way through it. That's yeah. kind of crucial to me, I think, because I think this is where structure comes in handy because often people come up with a premise yeah. and they kind of know what the end beat is mm. or what you know the final scene is, how they want to end it, but it's the stuff in the middle that you get muddy on. Second act, yeah. when we get into it, but the second act is, is the <sighs> Yeah, it definitely is. And that's worst. where I think, yes, you do need structure. Mm. Well, not every, I'm just 
purely for me, I need structure in yeah. that second act. Now, I want to clarify. That's not, I'm not saying that you don't need to use structure. Mm. My issue is if I start, you know, using those those books and those guidebooks and those, yeah. oh, I need to have this incident at this point and I need to map it out, I just start losing the plot. Yeah, yeah because you can really get stuck into that headspace of because I can't think of ones off the top of my head, but there's a bunch of different books about structure and writing. And it's like by page 28 you yeah, need to have yeah, this yeah. happen and yeah, by so, this, so, you so know, and I- you just whatever works for you, that's the sort of system that you go for. I'll kind of go the opposite to you. I'm like, I use structure, but if it if you don't want to use it and somehow but Charlie Kaufman doesn't yeah. use structure, does he? Well no. no. He's famously against structure. Even if it's still present. Dissuades the whole idea of the three act structure. But if you watch any of his films, they follow three act structure. It's absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like I rewatched right. adaptation recently. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it like it even has a section in it where he goes and visits, you know, Robert McKee and goes yeah. to a seminar. And it's and very McKee, heavy on, yeah. on structure. Like he's actively fighting against it, but it's just so present. It's in so there. And like Robert McKee is one of the first ones with his book Story. Yeah. He's got it down to like the amount of pages you should have per act. Like it's See, that yeah. shits me. That's, I agree. Yeah. See, it can be very confining in a way and I think that's what people have against it is they're like well where when do I get to be creative if it's telling me exactly what to do at every point yeah but I don't know like most good things if you work within those boundaries that's when you can actually have some real positive writing happening well that's how I ended up sort of getting into writing because when I was at film school years ago I was I ended up sort of producing a lot of the projects yeah and just hated the paperwork aspect of it and when you read stuff like Robert McKee's structure ideas Mm. and everything that's what it feels like to me. It feels like homework. It feels right, like yeah. you must be at the inciting incident by this page. Yes. You must be oh, at the first act yeah. turn by this page. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. you just kind of like you, you get there when you get there yeah. and then like you rewrite and you exactly. structure it. And Stories naturally hit those beats though. Even, yeah. even um, yeah. there's a guy, John York, right, yes. who writes a lot on structure. He's gonna, we're going to get into him in a bit because he says that there are five acts yeah. instead of the traditional three. I did a thing in Sydney once um, writing a TV series, series yep. uh, and no – John York was like our mentor for it. But his whole thing is that even in the stories that we tell our friends and he talks about myth and about like oral histories of things, yeah. they still hit three-act structure. So if you're telling a story about a, like a crazy weekend to your mate, yeah. there is still three-act structure in that. So it's not about is being hard and fast and sticking to the, the rules in quotation marks. It's about writing the story you want to write and if you need help writing it, that's when you knowing the structure can really help. Yeah, and that's to, to sort of complete how we each do it. That's sort of how I do it. I usually get an idea, I'll start writing it and not be thinking of structure at all. Yep. I usually maybe have theme on my mind or what my character wants, but that's more about knowing your end point anyway. Yep. And it's when I get stuck that I think, okay, I'll go to structure and be like, all right, what's my initial want? That should go in the middle somewhere. That's my midpoint. Yep. They achieve it. They've got to deal with the consequences of it. Damon, can I ask, do you tend to just sort of do like a what we call a vomit draft, I guess, and then go back through it and go, all right, is this fitting into the structure? Is this I usually the do, that I, I do like two-thirds of a vomit draft. Yep. And then I'll do that. Because okay. it's usually got to a point where I'm starting to hate it a little bit. And I'm all like, right. why, am I, why am I hating this now? <laughs> I was having such fun. Uh, and that's gone. And then I think, Such and that's, hope. and then usually that does help because I've gone, okay, yeah, here's a problem because I kind of, this part that I thought was going to be way at the end, no, that's actually the middle. Bring that back. Okay, yep. And then have some extra stuff in there. Oh, that fixes it. Yep. And that, then I have a lot more fun. Or other ones, yeah, you can do the whole vomit draft, that first draft. Then you look at your three act structure and then you've, you often it's in there anyway. Like, I mean, think, think that's what we're saying is you, you almost can't help but have three act structure in your story. It's subconsciously just, 
it's human there. nature. Yeah. yeah. As, as we talked before, we're talking about spoken word and, and, and myths. You look at any story from any culture, whether it's, you know, a Bible story, yeah. a story of Hercules or, or anything like that, even if you looked at like in Australia, like indigenous dream song, yep. dream time stories, they would all follow a, a three-act structure of there is status quo, mm. someone does something, usually someone does something they shouldn't, Yes, redeems themselves, here's the outcome, or yep. continues to do it, punishment. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, particularly, particularly in fairy tales and, and like old myths, which we oh, used to serve. Yeah. Be like, don't put your hand in the cookie jar. Right. Freddy did that, and now Freddy's got no hands. <laughs> um, that's that was one my grandma told me a lot. Really? No yeah. hand, Freddy. No, no. That was no. a tragedy. Yeah. At that second act turn, Freddy thought, "I'm keeping all my fingers." Well, <laughs> watch out, Freddy. <laughs> um, Damo, that point you made where you sort of get two thirds of the way through, and then mm. you kind of start to hate it a bit. Yeah. I try and avoid that. By doing the the work sort of yes. beforehand, and if if I've figured it out, I find I don't get to that part of the story where I'm like, because is it for you? Is it kind of like a what happens next moment, or is it like a yeah? There's sort of two ways to write in my mind. There's discovery writing where that's kind of what you do, Tom. Yeah. You don't really know where the story's going. You're like, I'm going to find out as I write it. I've killed characters that I was like, I really like this character and keep them alive, and I get 14 bits in, and I'm like, ooh. No, you need to die yeah. here. Yes. Or you write yourself into a corner and go, ooh, ooh, below the hotel up. <laughs> you sent me late night messages to be like, Sean, I just I just had to kill him. <laughs> I was, when we were all doing um, uh, NaNoWriMo yes. in the last National year, so National Writing, Writing Month, which even if you don't finish it, it's just good to do because it, oh, it forces yeah. you to do something. There were points in that where I get to a bit and I was like, ooh, I don't really know what to do here. I'm, uh, I'm going to change characters and up. Oh, Oh, I've got to kill someone. <laughs> and it's, it's... When in doubt, it's kill someone. When in doubt, kill someone. My, my approach is that when I get to those bits where I'm, I'm either hating it, I just walk away and don't work on it. Yeah. I don't think about the structure of it. And then what happens is I'll go back through. Mm. So I've, I've recently gone back to, to this particular story that we're talking about and I've gone, wow, my first act just ends really abruptly for no reason. I need another... 10 pages right. of first act. Yes. Because it's just like, it's like the incident happens. He's like, okay, and off they go. And I'm like, oh, there's a big leap. There's nothing really dragging him into this new world. So I've had to go back and rewrite it. And, yeah. and that's that's where I come from. When I discover what I'm doing yes. as I'm doing it. And then you go back. Exactly, yeah. And, and start so, yeah, to find. your discovery writer, Sean, you're more of a plotter. You want to yeah. plot all from start. I and mean, this is a spectrum. So basically yeah. those are the two ends. Most people really are <laughs> Sean, you're on the middle. spectrum. I am indeed. Yeah, mm. You're very far down the end of the spectrum. <laughs> right? Don't worry about that. I'm, uh, I'm somewhere pretty much in the middle. I'll start discovery writing, go... Oh, I don't know what to do, and I'll jump onto my my notes page. I'll plot it out, plot yep. out the next bit, discovery right to that point, yep. do it again, sort of plotting my way forward bit by bit. On on just while we're we're sort of at this point, and we're talking about those bits where where you don't know what you're going to do next. Hmm. I was just thinking about films that we often talk about on the show that we don't like or that that just don't work, and I'm going to just just go straight to Suicide Squad as a perfect example. Great. Sure. Yep. We've all seen it. Everyone knows it's garbage. You look at that film, pick it apart in terms of terms of structure. It is a mess. Oh, oh yeah. Horrific. It, it starts eight times. Mm-hmm. It finishes four times. Yeah. yeah. The second act is probably the most well put together. The problem is mm. that the two bits at the start are just a mess. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually- It's already lost you by that point. It's already lost you by yeah. that point. And there's too many stories going on at once. So there's no- yeah. The setup is horrific. You don't know what your character <laughs> wants. And if you don't have- As soon as you don't have a want, what's the point of telling the story? Correct. It doesn't really Correct. have a grounding character either. No. 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 That, and, and then look, you don't have to have a- protagonist for a story to work you can have no. multiple protagonists yep. you can have no protagonist yep. but you you still need something for the audience to go with and mm. in in films that, that are often weaker they rush it 
they treat the audience like they're idiots yeah. or they don't know what story they're trying to tell, so they tell too many. Yes. And that's where you get things like Suicide Squad, BVS. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a big part of the structural deficiencies of those films we just yeah. mentioned are protagonist. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's everything to do with yeah. structure, but, like, yeah. first and foremost, when you do a team-up, you still need to have, like, mm. a sort of a grounding figure for the audience. Yeah. Civil War, look at that example. Yeah. You know what I'm just realising? Mm. Most of our movie maintenances are just picking apart where the structure's gone wrong yeah. and yeah. writing it. Yeah. Yep. Th- and that's how structure can help. Yeah. That is the definition of it right there. It's not about adhering to it perfectly. It's about finding what's gone wrong when you're reading something and you're like, yeah, something's not right here, I'll look at the structure and that's usually how you figure it, it out. For yeah. me, it's the most important thing you have to get right in a mm. story because if the structure works, then everything else just does. In a lot of ways, stru- getting yeah. structure correct is more important than dialogue Yeah, because, and again, character. using James Cameron, he gets structure and character right. He doesn't always hit a home run with dialogue. No. But he gets the important stuff. Yes. And this is the thing. The reason I... And I love character and I often start at character and work my way into story that way. I'm like, this is an interesting character. What can I do with them? But I think if your structure is tight and sound, your characters will also be reasonably tight and sound. And any any, any maintenance or fix you need to do on your characters as you go will be easier if the structure is strong because their whole function and purpose in life Mm. is hinged upon what function do they serve the structure of the story. Yep. And if they're the main character, then the structure of the story is is built completely around them. And if they're periphery characters, well, then they just feed into one another so well. So yep. that, and again, even if even if you're going for non-linear structures, even mm. if you're taking structure and stitching it apart all over the shop, you're still having to hit those, adhere to those rules to make your characters strong. Your yep. characters will not be strong if if the structure's not there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Structure sort of feeds into like understanding the world of your story as well. Mm, mm. And again, when you use examples like Suicide Squad and BVS and basically anything they're doing with DC, yeah. that sort of thing, they don't really have like a handle on the world building aspects of it. Mm. And then that's when oh, you, God, you no, see the no. holes in their structure. Yeah. yeah. Shit, and yeah. It can very quickly apparent as soon as that's yeah. the case. And that, like, that's the thing. You don't even need to be thinking about it as you're writing it. Tom, obviously you don't really do that so much. And you might write a first draft and the structure could be perfect yeah. just because it's just come out that way naturally. And that's awesome if that happens. But if it's not, that's where you can look at structure. Yeah. So I like how I agreed with you. Like, yeah, yeah. I often write perfect <laughs> yeah. drafts. Second draft, never heard of it. <laughs> First draft, talk about actual copy. <laughs> so, guys, for me, when I approach a story, I know that uh, I have to follow structure because I just know that I'll break apart in that what is traditionally known as the second act. Yes. So if we talk about traditional three-act structure, I generally have a, a premise, a concept of what I want to do, mm. and I generally know how I want it to end. So you've got first act, third act. And it's, yeah, and it's that stuff in the middle, which is always like, I think a lot of people find this. A lot of people start writing a novel, start yes. writing a screenplay, and then you get to that slog in the middle and you're like, oh, what? What happens? Just, do any, what do any of you just go, oh, I wish someone else would do this bit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I get to the fun yep. bit? Oh, how do they get this bit done? <laughs> so for me, and this plays into um, John York who wrote the book Into the Woods. Yep. Yes. Uh, um, read it. It's a great book. It's, yep. it's a really good Quality, book. He talks yeah. about five-act structure and that. And that I, I swear I I only use five-act structure now. Mm. It's like I, if I didn't well, have it, I'd be like, oh, what am I, what so am I doing? What's, what's the difference between five-act and okay, three-act? Five-act is literally three-act structure, but what they've done is they've broken up that second act in the middle yep. into three pieces. Ah. So your first act is still the same. It's still the setup of your story, yep. and the, the final act is still the same. It's the you know resolution, resolution climax. But it's instead of just having act two in the middle, you now have act two, three, and four. Act two is the success, which mm. is when like they initially set out on the quest or whatever the thing is, yes. and things are going well. 
well. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty it's good. It's a new world. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Act three is what you call the problem section. That's when like little things start to build and like mm. the, the perfect thing that was happening is sort of not as perfect anymore and things are starting to sort of go wrong. And then you hit into act four, which is the disaster, which is your kind of all this lost moment where yeah, everything's yeah. as bad as it possibly could be, which mm. leads you into resolution. Well, you turn that on its head for a tragedy. Yeah, yes, absolutely. all is lost, problems, solution, still problems. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, yeah. the beauty of the five-act structure is you instead of having, because if you just do it in three, mm. normally, like let's talk about a screenplay, they tend to say like, um, say it's 90 pages, yep. you would do probably 20 for act one, yep. 20 for the end, and then there's that big chunk in the middle. Yeah. And so See, sometimes you look at it and go, oh, it's such a big chunk, I've got to yeah. break up so many sequences and scenes and stuff. So if yep. you do it into three, it's kind of like, all right, Success, yes. problems, disaster, and, just and the, for me it works. And the interesting thing is basically every time you break it down into a, another, it usually breaks into thirds, so you've broken that that second act into yep. thirds, and each one of those thirds is going to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep, absolutely. Like, it's there on every so level. So many threes. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That's the thing, and we can't, we can't help but tell it. So you break that first act, that can be broken down into three parts. Same yep. for the final yep. act. It just continually gets broken down into beginning, middle, and end. The interesting thing about it too is once you sort of start to have a bit of an understanding of structure, you'll see it in even things like TV shows. Yeah, Obviously, yes. within an episode, like take Breaking Bad, for instance, mm. you will see, I think they use five-act structure in it, but I mean, it's three, five, yeah. same, yep. same deal. Yep. It's just the way you approach it. Right. Correct. You it's, see that structure within an episode, but you also see that structure across the course of a season arc. Yeah. And then also over a series. As yeah, well. a series yeah. arc. It's, people often, and I'm sure you guys have the same question, you guys study structure, you study film, mm. and we've often had people tweet us and ask, ask us these questions and yep. Reddit and stuff, sure. does it mean you hate films now? And it's like, well, no, good films, if you if you start studying structure and you start to understand how stories are put together, yeah. you will enjoy good and well-written films oh, more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I'll tell you this. You when won't I'm, be able to cop bullshit as easier, though. That's true. <laughs> yes. when, I, when I'm in a cinema, if a film is just a little bit off, I start to get in my head a bit and I'm kind of like, oh, whether it's like analysing what's wrong with it or yeah. that, sometimes like just by virtue of doing this show, sometimes mm. you immediately start to think, oh, how would I fix this movie? <laughs> yes. But if a film is good and it's working on pretty much every level, you still, like, we still lose ourselves in the Completely. Uh, escapism it's not until, of a film. It's not yeah. until afterwards that you're analyzing it and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. That was amazing to watch. And now yeah. analyzing yeah. it's even more amazing because I can exactly. see how they've done it and they've nailed it. Because I think people have tweeted Gabe before and been like, oh, you just don't enjoy films or how can you enjoy films? Not. Well, Gabe, he does. He like, does. Like, no, I'm kidding. He does. <laughs> he, he, he does. Loves when a film kind of works for him, he just gets lost in it. He doesn't yeah. really like yeah. analyze it. I, while he's exactly. We're all the yeah. same. And, it, yeah. and, it, and it's because if you if you enjoy that structure and you well, – not enjoy. If you if you studying structure and getting an understanding of structure just means that you, you aren't – you recognize good stuff. Yeah. It's like if you if you're a chef, right, and you know how to cook good food. When you have bad food, you notice it more. But when you have good food, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. you do that thing that George Columbaris does on MasterChef, and you bounce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for oh, me, when a film sun. is good, it's just it's the best. Like I, I've been raving to you guys about Train to Busan, the Korean zombie film. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. worked for me on every level, sure. and I was just so satisfied at the end of it. And I'm like, is, I, it, is I, it scary though, Sean? It's got some. Yeah, uh, no, look, can't do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> mate, I'm in the same camp. I can't do horror. No, you, I've 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 done lots of horror recently. I'm not doing it anymore for a bit. Fun. You know, Beauty and a Beast has a beast in it. Does that mean you're not going to be able to watch that? I've seen Beauty and the Beast. Oh my god, how did you get through that? It was very scary. Gaston is a scary man. <laughs> Gaston is scary. Gaston is terrifying. Have you not seen the remake? No. Are you no. talking like Luke Evans, Gaston? Yes. No, he's terrific. Like he's good. He he's no, no, no 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 no. He is film. amazing. He yeah. is scary though. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. He's a little bit too goofy to be like. Nah, the beast is. We're gonna have to have words after this. We'll have words about it. I'll <laughs> tell you right now. Yeah. I'll tell you what scene didn't work for me. Just quickly, when the beast jumped down and she was about to touch the rose, and he does his raw thing, I'm like, nah, didn't buy it. 
Not I, scared. I also didn't buy. This is completely off topic. It'll probably get edited out. I also didn't buy. What happened to your mum? I died in the plague. Oh, okay. That's an actual beat that we're hitting in this story. There you go. That's something wrong with the structure. There were beats in that in that film that didn't land because the structure wasn't right. Oh, I've tied it back oh, in again. It's, it's relevant. We're yeah. Damo, help us, help us pull us out of this hole. So, okay. Well, I wanted to ask you guys a question. So part of the problem people have with three-arc structure, they're like, oh, well, it's immediately predictable. I know. I now know what's going to happen. You know, what's your opinion on that when it comes to structure? We've sort of covered it. Yeah, but... No, because again, like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, but uh, but no, um, no. I mean, yeah, we we've talked a little bit about it. It's every story is just mm. naturally going to have that structure. Yeah, and it's the good ones tweak it, even if it's just a little tweak here and yeah, there. And yeah. some sometimes people do drastic tweaks when you see mm. like a pop fiction or something or a yes. Charlie Kaufman film, even yeah, though he doesn't yeah. think he's using structure, it sure. definitely is. Um, and there, so, there are yeah. more extreme examples. Uh, a Holy Motors. Did anyone see that film from a few no, years ago? I've heard about it. it. It's really good. Yeah. Off the wall and bizarre, yeah. but it's quite good. But even even in the little vignettes, there's there's structure to the vignettes. Yes, yeah. I'm trying to think of a film I've seen that just literally doesn't have a structure. Well, it's almost impossible. Like we've said, it, yeah. you kind of kind of can't help but use structure. If I was to tell you about it, I went to the shops and bought some milk, and I fell over and spilled the milk everywhere. I'm going to tell you that story in three act structure because it'd be like did just now. No, no, no. Because like, yeah. what it would be is the three act structure. So I woke up. There's no milk. Yep. Yeah. There's your story. There's yeah. your side yeah. 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 So I go out. I go out and I go to buy the milk. It's like five bucks. It's way more expensive than it used to be. Uh, and I'm coming home and there's this dog that starts following me and I get really paranoid. So I start running and I trip. I spill the milk everywhere and I get home and I'm just covered in milk and that's why I smell like milk now. Yeah. There so that's go. got it all. That's got your setup, your inciting incident. It's got your disaster. I all is lost. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a tragedy. A, yeah. It is a tragedy. <laughs> it is a tragedy because everything's yeah. going well and then I become paranoid about that. I dog. had the milk. <laughs> I lost the milk. Oh, Romeo and Juliet all over again. <laughs> Shakespeare, move over. Handsome <laughs> Tom is here. <laughs> but that's um, but that's it. I mean, like ultimately, it is repetitious, but we still enjoy movies. So clearly, that kind of doesn't matter. And even yeah, you can tweak with it. But even the ones that hit it perfectly, Pixar being a great example. It does. It takes nothing away from it because the story is yep. still different. I'll tell you the one way that it does get repetitious is when someone like Quentin Tarantino comes along like back in the 90s and does yeah. pop fiction and then you get a bunch of people mimicking that. Yes. Yeah. When it's a straight-up mimic of something, then, yeah, it's repetitious. Sure. But yeah. for the majority of you know films released throughout the year, I don't sit there and watch them and go, oh, this is like really repetitious, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. It's yeah. great. Another Third act turn. Oh, <laughs> saw that coming a mile away. Two into three. Oh, well, I know that it's it's not over. <laughs> oh, great. An inciting. Oh, he's let, let go of that weather balloon. Well, right. that's going to come back to bite him. It's only been done for 10 minutes. I wanted to see him sitting on the couch watching TV for 90 minutes with no structure. Yeah. He doesn't learn anything. He doesn't do anything. That's the movie I want to well, see. Well, so... Within that, there are films where characters don't learn anything. Sure. So you have that whole um, unlikable anti-protagonist kind of sure. thing. Yes. Yep. Where even though, and this, this is an example of following the structure but, but bending the rules a bit in that the character usually should grow over those three acts. Yeah. In some, in some cases, they don't have to. So you can still have the story hit the three-act beats and then they're exactly the same at the end of it. And usually that's usually in a tragic story. Or, you or see a sitcom. It. Or a sitcom, sitcom yeah. great sitcom. Example, yeah. Seinfeld, they don't change. That no, they don't change. But it still hits. They the still, structure. they still yes. hit three act structure. Serialized shows like that, yeah, um, mm. are probably okay. But yeah, but in terms of like, so good shame. The film with Fassbender in it, yeah. he plays yeah, a yeah. sex addict. End of that movie, he's exactly the same man he is at the start, yeah. and you hate him for it. Mm. And that's where the story hits you is because you see all these things, you see the opportunity for growth, and he doesn't grow. Mm. Therefore, you are affected by that film emotionally, and that's where the structure works for it. Yeah. Exactly right. It's a good film. That's an amazing film. Watch it's not Shane. a film. It's not a film I will watch again. No, you, sure. you probably don't need to watch it more than once because it is 
Yeah. Just hard. It makes you feel like garbage, but <laughs> but it's terrifically made garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look at it. Analyze the structure. Yep. And it will be there in a wonderful, wonderful way. I don't want to look at it again. <laughs> I don't want to look at Fassbender's penis again. I could I, probably do without that. Do you know what though? Yeah. No, I might go back. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any more questions, Tomo? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I do have another more questions. So we've we've talked. We're mostly sort of talked about film, but in television, like you said. There are sitcoms are really good one because yes, it's in the individual episodes. It's not overarching. Where you take something Breaking Bad, how yeah, it's overarching. You watch yeah. the whole season, you're going to get a beginning, middle, end of that season. Do you guys think it is more? It's probably a dumb question because we've sort of already said it's going to be there regardless. Yeah. But when writing film to television, do you think about it? Do you think about structure more with TV or with your film? I, think- I, I actually, this is interesting. Well, you've Sorry developed you a TV off. show, so what do you I have got? apparently? Yeah. That is the example where I'm the opposite. Okay. So if I'm writing a standalone story, whether it's a, a film, play, novel, short yes. story, whatever, if it's condensed, contained, then I don't really think about structure. For TV, I do. And when developing this show, we literally sat in a room for like five days going through every episode individually and just talking about how it related back to the overarching story. Mm. So actually – with the overarching narrative of the TV series, I probably approach it in the same way that I approach everything. Yeah. And then when you break it down in episodes, you go, right, in this episode, this needs to happen, but then it also needs to be structured in and of itself. That's when you start plotting. And I think because there are t- so many levels within TV shows mm. and it's a longer form narrative, it needs to go for longer, it needs to keep audiences hooked in for longer. Yeah. I think it requires more planning. Yes. I agree completely. Yep. I'm big on structure in films anyway, but- even more so in TV. Mm. It depends on the TV show, obviously, of but course, for something yeah. like a Breaking Bad or you know HBO. Well, you're, show or yeah, like, like that. you said, but you want to keep the audience hooked for years, hopefully. Yeah. You yeah. Know, then yeah, that's where structures your friend. That's where shows. That's what's going to do it. That's where shows lose out. Like you know when you get to like yes. second, third, fourth season, whatever it may be of a show, and it starts to like fall apart a bit. It's because yeah. their structure has fallen apart. Right. I don't know what they're or, doing. Anymore. Or they've run out of structure. Yes. yes. So Dexter they've suffered from that hugely, in that they mm. they got to a point. And Banshee to a to a lesser extent. No, yeah. I only haven't seen season four. But mm. Banshee season four felt like they they probably only had five episodes in them, really. Yeah. To to wrap everything up. Right. But they had to do a whole season. And it's just a couple of episodes too long. Yeah. Banshee they is three incredible seasons and one finale. That's what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean. So they, they really they I was talking really to Gabe about it the other day and he I think he was saying um it should have just been three seasons and then like a two hour TV movie to just kind of like tie everything up. Yep. Perfect. Mm. And, and again, when, when TV shows start getting weak or when you're not buying into it, it's where their structure's falling apart. They're running out of story to tell. The other trap that I think film franchises are falling into, yeah. it's like, we're going to do 18 Power Rangers films. Can yep. I just say, having not seen the new Power Rangers film, I'm still on board for six <laughs> more Power Rangers <laughs> yeah. films. Yeah. Well, it's frustrating because so King Arthur, the Guy Ritchie film's coming out shortly. Yes. Yep. And haven't they already like, yeah, we've planned like a universe and there's going to be seven mm. films. And it's like, I I really wish that these studios would just tell one story. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Marvel yeah. films, they're just a setup for the next film in the yep. chain. And yep. I just really wish sometimes that we just get like a complete story. Can I yes. say the, the only creative mind in history who has successfully said, no, no, it's like 10 films mm. and has nailed it. Vin Diesel and the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not no, bullshitting he like either. Tripped over and tumbled into success. I right. think, with that. Did it, originally, he never wanted to do a sequel. No, 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 no. His movies. He wanted to do sequels to Fast. And the, he had a whole Should universe planned serious? out. Well, I'm 100 from, from the outset. From the outset. Where did he go on the third one? Uh, he. I don't know. Just did a contract. <laughs> just <laughs> struggled. So I'm not going to Tokyo. Is he was, uh, <laughs> <he's> doing <laughs> the Japan? Pacifier what? two probably? Uh, yes. um, but yeah. no, for, for that, like they just went in and were like, now we're going to make lots of films. 
And in terms of success, mm. that franchise is one oh, of the most yeah. successful non-superhero franchises in the world. Yeah. And I love it a little bit. I mm. can't speak too much about Fast and Furious because I've literally seen the first film and the seventh one. But fucking hell. When I saw the seventh one in the cinema, what dragged me to the cinema to see <laughs> say, the seventh okay, film yeah, of the franchise? I missed out on these five and in yet, the middle. It was a lot of the emotion attached to the Paul Walker thing and everything. But what right. a film. Like, yeah. Fast and Furious 7 was one of my favourite films of whatever year it came out. There, there are weaker <laughs> entries in the canon. Uh, Fast 5, which I think the first one with the rock in it. Mm. Is that when it got good or is it just That's shit? So good. Is it? So good. Because <laughs> well, the rock's in it. Because the rock's in it. Rock is also like structure. Because he's just he good is. in everything. He's, he's a lot of yeah. things now. He's structure. He's franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just <laughs> he's, he's reboot king. He's everything. Um, Can't wait for Baywatch just quietly. Oh. Oh, it's my movie of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that, this that. from Justice League, right? Um, no, nah, no, nah, definitely definitely just Baywatch okay. and maybe Chips because I love a good 80s reboot. Yeah, I, I do I'm feel a bit like excited for Chips. Having seen the trailer for Baywatch, I do feel like that will have a nice structure. Whereas you yes, watch yeah. something like and comedies, wanna, comedies are like sitcoms. They they their yeah, structure they, they is, hit the beats. They don't they? hide the structure at all. No, it's right which there. Can be weak, but who cares because you're having fun. It's sort of Less important. Well, see, I think there's been a trend lately where the Seinfeld structure, where no one really learns anything Mm. and they don't really develop, doesn't work anymore. Yeah. I recently watched How I Met Your Mother and it's really hard to watch Mm. um, because the characters just at the end of the episode are the same. Yes, yes, there's little bits of growth, but yeah. Ted will always Not be enough. Ted. Yeah. Jason yes. Segel is but like they'll always be the same. Barney will always well, be Barney. Well, it gets to a point with Barney where it becomes uncomfortable now. It I'm does. Like, yeah, yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. You can't buy this. You, you can't have those characters in shows. How anymore. many seasons did that show run yeah. for? Seven, I, I think. I think I got to like four or five, and I started yeah. to just actively be aware of like this isn't working anymore. Yes. Whereas I want to bring up Parks and Rec because for me, sure. Parks and Rec is one of Good. the greatest comedy shows on TV. Agreed. Agreed. Because it does two things. Yes, it hits the comedy beats, and when mm. the show starts out. We understand that Ron Swanson's character is going to respond in this scenario to this scenario and that's where the comedy lies. Yeah. But that every now and again, they give you character development. Yep. Yes, they grow. And, and, and if you sit with that show for the, the, the full seasons, by season four, Ron Swanson is a different man to season two, yep. but not completely. No. He still hates vegetables. Yeah. He still doesn't like handshakes that are weak. You know what it, I love more than anything in Parks and Rec? A bit of a Ron Swanson giggle. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you know what's the Amazing. best? That's how Nick Offerman that's actually actual laughs. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's yeah. Amazing. But but there, and, and there yeah. you go. And that's where you see an example of if someone says to you, oh, but then it gets boring and hackneyed. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you dribble just bits of character development over the top of that structure, if you do something good over yeah. the top of the bare bones structure, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get a masterclass of something. Yes. And to follow on from that, so basically you're saying they do change, but they change a little bit. And that's totally allowed. Your character doesn't have to be a different person from when you started. No. They just have to have had a bit of a journey and that journey has changed them in some way. It can be really small. Yep. It has changed them in some way. And then the other thing from that is basically once they have changed, keep it consistent. Yeah. And now go, okay, well, because of that change, what comes next? And I think that's what Parks and Rec does really well. So let's say Leslie Nope. She's basically calmed down the crazy. Well, now she can actually have a long-term boyfriend because she's not going to be all crazy yep. about it. So she does. Okay, yep. that's what's changed. We've got a whole new story arc there. And then you get comedy again, though, by being like, what if we bring back crazy Leslie for a bit? Give her something exactly. that'll make her crazy. Yeah, because and- she hasn't completely changed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got three Parks and Rec nuts in the room. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty good one to talk about because that show started out very slowly. Oh, yeah. To yeah. the point where it probably was on the verge of cancellation. And then at mm. some point about halfway they, they through did it. season three, I think it was. Well, no. So what happened was, was at, the, at the end of season one, yeah. 
they went back and did a major rewrite of a whole bunch of characters based yep. on feedback. Yes. And you watch season two to season one. I tell people what, when they watch Parks and Rec, just start season two. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Season one's got some great moments it's in it. It's only six episodes. So one of the biggest complaints is people are like, Leslie's too one-dimensional. She's an idiot. How did she get to be where she She's an idiot. Yeah. They approached it as like she was going to be like, uh, what's his name in the office? She's a Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. Yeah. And yeah. then it didn't work. And because she's but, not Michael Scott. But what, a, no, what an she's interesting- capable. Mm. She, we, we, she's good at her job. Yep. What an interesting show though because that for all intents and purposes looked like a show that just wasn't going to go anywhere and it mm. literally for me it became like almost my favorite comedy oh, show. I, I I will say this as a comedy I've cried watching that show twice. Yep. What moments? Uh I wonder if they match up with mine. <laughs> when she wins the election? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what a season that was. Oh my. Just God. just the beat where Rashida Jones comes back in and does the fake you lost. Yeah. No actually you won and you're like that's what a real person would do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and when they get married. Mm. That episode. gets married and Ron's there and that Ron episode, cries. Ron. Uh, but he gives her away. Uh, Sean, are you okay? Uh, no. <laughs> it destroyed me. Oh. Yeah. That, what a show. Uh, full of heart. That's so the episode go. where he like punches Jeremy Jam Jeremy, in the face. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then walks her down the aisle. He's so fucking cool when he does it. What's interesting about that, that show is that, that um, and particularly TV, again, the minute planning that goes into mm. the structure of that. There is an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot in yep. most TV shows. And most TV sitcoms, they all have a three-act structure to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the C plot could be five minutes of the show when you see it in its entirety. And it could mm. just be, for example, in, in Parks and Rec, Aubrey Plaza just hating something and then yep. finding a better way to do it. Yeah. And it could be three scenes of that. Yeah. But that's still three-act structure within three-act structure, yeah. three structure. Within three-act structure. Within three-act structure. Within the overarching series narrative. Yeah. It's Inception. <laughs> uh, guys, can't I think, escape it. I think we've probably answered the question. Yeah. Yes. I think it's, it's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. It's I there whether you, you want it or it. not. So you, you might as well learn about it because it could help you one day. And then, and then use it to your advantage. <laughs> use it to your advantage. You know. It could end up saving your life, guys. <laughs> it really could. <laughs> On that note, I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Handsome Tom. And if you have any thoughts or ideas or opinions on three-act structure, you can email us at sanspantsradio at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at sanspantsradio or our individual Twitters. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. I'm at Awkward Trade. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. There's a magic number. The past and the present and the future. Faith and hope and charity. The heart and the brain and the body give you three. As a magic number. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support the show, why not become a member at sanspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows, a bunch of exclusive content, and much, much more. That's sanspantsplus.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.